When you're slaving away in an organization, you don't feel appreciated. If you're a marketing uh, person, your core role is to make sure that your customer gets the results that it is. And every single person that you appoint in your business has got to make sure that that happens. Even even the accounting person who's got nothing to do with marketing of your of your business has got to make sure that their support role, because they're in the support role, is helping everybody else. Or you're a leader and you're trying to do the best for your team, but there's just something falling short and you're not sure what to do. You necessarily slacking. You might not understand this bit of the process because you haven't been trained on it. Or what processes or systems or approaches that need to be fixed in order to create a space where people are actually looking forward to coming to work. This podcast for you. Okay, cool. Well, we can go anywhere with this. You go where you want to go, mate. Yeah, well, the listeners, you know, it's been a little while since they had you on this podcast. You've yep. got your own one as well. So what, what's been happening in your world? How about that? Since we last spoke years ago, I think maybe a year ago. Uh, it's about a year ago, yes. Yeah. yeah. What's been going on? Yeah, so um, business has definitely uh, um, slowed up a little bit, which is, uh, um, I guess, understandable under the current circumstances. One is, you know, the economy is definitely showing signs of stress. Uh, but, you know, it's a traditional thing, which is very unusual for, I guess, a, a country, but it, it happens in, in New Zealand when we head towards an election. Everybody seems to want to keep their purses closed and or their wallets closed and you know not not go out and spend. Um, it's 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 an irrational thing because business just continues. Whoever comes into power, mm. um, you know, it's not as if uh, um, if if, if um, any other parties come into uh, play that that things are suddenly going to you know <laughs> change overnight. It's it doesn't happen that way. How would you let's say let's say you had your own government and you had the power to influence others? How would you change things? Do you think government can, or is it culture? Uh, look, uh, government are uh, controlled, um, so oh, yeah. so there's no way that they that they can change anything right now. However, if um, New Zealand decide that they want an alternative form of government and they decide to go for a different uh, uh, um, format and structure. Um, An example might be like the um, Swiss Canton system, if we broke Mm. New New Zealand into that. So each area would have its own government and its own um, uh, structure, and then all you'll have is like a a federal-type government that that, uh, does international relations. But each one of the areas... Um, is self-controlled, hmm. and if we each had uh, you know, an, uh, an area of New Zealand in a similar type uh, situation, uh, you'd you'd find I think that uh, um, the progress in in certain areas will be uh, a lot faster than in others, mainly because of the thinking, right? And um, you you'll find that uh, there are some of the local governments that will be a lot more pro-business, and the others will be you know pro whatever else. Uh, but those those that are pro-business uh, as such will see significant growth. Don't forget, Ryan, one of the most important things about the growth of any country and slash economy is the growth of small business. What this government has done has destroyed every aspect of it. They, they, all they've done, and especially during their BS uh, uh, lockdown uh, period, uh, has taken this country from being relatively strong to a really 
sad situation. And, and especially the smaller businesses are the ones that are being hit the hardest right now. All the big corporates don't have a major issue because, you know, they got funding from, from government through because they were selling essential services. And um, the um, government is essentially run by big business through international formats. Oh, 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 man, you're getting into it. Hey, you're getting fired. <laughs> I don't know where to take this with you because, well, yeah, but I mean, it comes down to, you know, what's it? Uh, um, I, I guess my, my main focus is, is the small business to medium business uh, uh, um, uh, business side of New Zealand, and they are hurting. Yeah, what do you what do you see on the front lines? What are you hearing from businesses? And what's going on? So, so the majority of people um, have an issue around a finding the right staff. So, the mm. right staff, um, which is very interesting. You know, we've got a three point six percent unemployment rate, yet we've got a six or no, sorry, I think it's eight eight or nine percent uh, of of number of people on on the working. Job, jobs, jobs, benefit, uh, job seeking benefit, job seeking benefit. That's yeah, the one. Thank you. you. Um, and uh, you know they don't match. So you know the uh, people are, are screaming for talent, but you know a lot of the talent is just sitting on on the dole. Mm. So it's an inability for talent. Is there anything else going wrong or being? Yeah. So or? so the other thing that that hit um, small businesses hard during the last two years was the supply chain issue, and that unfortunately is going to continue. Uh, the supply chain was was hit very hard when when the lockdowns happened. So you just imagine, you you always received your your goods within, you know, two weeks of ordering that. Now suddenly the uh, shipping companies are delaying everything by a month. So suddenly instead of having your orders on time every two weeks, now it's every month, and you as a small business will suddenly have to order a month's supply, rather than two weeks' supply. So imagine how that hits a uh, um, a business's um, cash flow. Yeah. So so cash is the big challenge. Pe- people don't have cash, and you and the other big thing that I found with a number of businesses is um, people are choosing to slow down their payments to um, other businesses, and the ones that are most guilty of that are the big corporates. Because they just couldn't give us stuff. <laughs> or should we go on and cop? Like, what, what do you think leads to? Like, so we're all human in a sense, and I imagine corporates, you know, they're a collection of humans. They may get. Are they? <laughs> Lizard people. Like, what are your thoughts on corporates? Then? Go on. No, uh, um, look, they can be very good citizens of a, of of a, of a country, and they can make a big contribution to the overall growth. Mm. But but their mindset, well, certainly the ones that I've uh, dealt with through my clients, is uh, um, of that uh, measure is we pay um, 90 days, irrespective. But most businesses can't last 90 days without getting some cash up front. Now, I know over the last mm. number of years, some of the corporates have adjusted it slightly, but they all fall back onto the same pattern as quickly as they can because 90-day payment just, just makes sense for them. Rather, you know, their suppliers, which are generally the smaller businesses, um, just have to have to swallow it because they can't go anywhere else. Yeah, it's a captured market, unfortunately. Do do you think that like the corporates attract a certain type of person, or corporates change people into certain types of people because they're desensitized to the plight of the small business owner? Because they can't. Oh, I've met some nice corporates. Yes, uh, look, there are individuals within corporates that are okay. really good, and and you know, and some corporates have the right policies in place, 
don't dispute that. Uh, but there are several of them out there that. <laughs> don't say it, you'll get sued. No. Can you sue anything? I don't even know. Oh uh, well, I mean, you know, you can, uh, if if you sign if you if you sign the uh, terms of agreement, I'm not going to name names. Mm. <laughs> um, but if if you sign the sign the terms of agreement with him um, on that, you know, you've you've pr- pretty much accepted. Mm. Sold your soul to the devil. Yeah, correct. Wow, interesting. So. What do you think is the difference between a good corporate and a bad corporate? What goes wrong? So, so, so the good corporate A will um, look at their supply chain itself because you know they need they need smaller businesses to uh, service uh, some of their ish, their their things that they need in their business, mm. and uh, um, those that are really good will have a very good relationship A with their suppliers and B. Um, understand the small businesses challenge of uh, cash flow and make sure that there's a payment plan in place that that suits both parties you know instead of 90 days it might be 45 days mm. you know and and a small business can can work within that 45 day uh, uh, framework but you know something just needs to go wrong with a with a small to medium sized business within the 90 day framework of, of being uh, uh, paid by a big corporate where you know, the business can suddenly end up really under. Yeah, going under. Isn't that? Yeah, I, I, I've sort of, I sort of talked about on the podcast about like uh, I had some knowledge, but now I'm starting to get wisdom. You know, like people say, "Cash is king." Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, "Okay, yeah, no shit." But like, what are you? Why these businesses don't have money? You know what I mean? Like, where is it going? Or they just have such tight margins they can't? Is it? Well, so with the businesses that I've worked with in in the past. Uh, one of the biggest challenges that I um, end up helping them solve is their pricing. M- m- a lot of smaller businesses and sort of like medium-sized businesses that 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 get into into business don't really understand how to price things properly. Mm. In their mind, they've got this idea that you know people won't pay more than this, and I've proven over and over again: you just put your price up by this margin, and uh, you know you test the market. I remember one of my clients, um, I think he had a client list of uh, probably two or 300 uh, um, uh, clients. And I said to him, you put your prices up by 10% from, from tomorrow. And I said, I bet you, you, you you'll get maybe one, maybe two people complain mm. about it. Hmm. And um, at, at our follow-up meeting, um, uh, he came back almost with a smile. He said, you know what? I got one complaint, <laughs> and it wasn't really a complaint. He said it was just a comment. He said, "The and and the comment was, oh, I see that your prices have gone up." Yeah, okay. And that was it. Wow, crazy aim. And I mean, just about every other uh, customer that I've worked with, where I've told them put up your uh, prices, virtually nobody complained. That's crazy. Eh? Is there a, like I've heard of? Um, I can't remember what the book is. Maybe influence the psychology of persuasion. It's like if you're cutting in line, it's okay if you give a reason. Is there something with price that you justify, or how yeah. do you do it? Yeah. So, so uh, I guess one of the one of the big things that uh, people forget: if you're delivering value, people don't mind paying more. Mm. If they feel that you're delivering shit and I'm just saying the word <laughs> they will complain mm. and and with the majority of clients that I've worked with even myself you know when I started off in this uh, business coaching lock I I charged a, a what's it a nominal amount that I thought were already at the time was expensive but it wasn't until I increased my price and I 
tripled the uh, price that I was charging, that people suddenly, you know, said, oh, okay, if that's your price, then yeah, let's, 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 let's do it. Whereas, you know, in the past, in my mind, I was thinking, oh my God, how can I do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and, but, but, you know, once I got the confidence and I said, well, actually, I deliver this type of uh, a value for people. They suddenly say, you know, uh, I actually got better clients over the period. Yeah. What what, what has been like, because that's so common, like it's something I'm struggling with, you know, getting yourself worth to the point where you feel deserving of the price or just saying the price and not feeling deserving and just trying to over deliver. How did you get through that sort of mind map? Yeah. So um, to be honest, what I did was <laughs> I, I listened to my coach at the time. Oh, yeah. He just told you. <laughs> and my coach said to me, you stand in front of that mirror the day before you go to uh, your your um, your uh, meeting where you're going to deliver your your proposal, and you say, "Mr. Customer, this is the price," mm-hmm. and you just look at your eyes and make sure that you keep contact with your eyes. And it was, you know, the next day when I went in, you know, I, I still had the trepidation of, you know, I'm going to get rejected here, mm-hmm. but I said it with confidence. I said, you know, one um, one of the things that I've learned is that you need to take a customer through a roadmap. Now, if you're selling a, an item, well, this is probably not quite the item to, to, to use, but let's call it a pen. Yeah, yeah. You can you can try and sell a pen in a way that, that, that sounds um, really good that you actually want to buy the pen, but you're still buying a basic item. When you're buying a service of mine, I've got to take you through a roadmap to show you what the process looks like mm. and what the end result can look like. There's no guarantee because if, I, uh, if, if, if you hire me as your coach and we go through the process and we actually create the plan for your business to, to be involved, I'm still not in control of your business. Yeah. You are. Yeah. And if you don't want to do the stuff, is there anything I can do about it other than keep cajoling you as much as possible? But at some point, both of us are going to come to the point and saying, this is not working. Mm. Yeah, it's an important lesson like um, self-accountability. Yeah. Because cause I, I was making a mistake. I was putting too much of myself in the outcome instead of presenting what I promised and then the outcome being on them. Yeah. So do you, what are sort of things like that you see in limiting belief systems inside business owners? Yeah, so a lot of business owners uh, don't necessarily have a limiting belief. What they have is um, because they're coming back to They've all got this idea that they've got this wonderful product or service that they can, can, <laughs> yeah. can, can help people with. And they're not too far wrong on it. Where they have their limiting belief is, uh, is around the pricing um, and also about their value to their customer. Right? They know, you know, they go out 100% and they go and do everything. I mean, I look at myself, you know, the recent client that I acquired. Uh, um, I went 100% into it. I spent more time in that first month than the actual money I received, just to make sure that I, uh, um, you know, that they that they got value for it. Um, so, so with my my business, it's a longer term, you know, where where the real profitability comes in for for me. But that first month is like. I need to I need to be able to understand what the big problem is in in, in in the business, and I think it's for many other businesses. You know, when they're selling a product or even a service, it's about knowing that your product can solve your your customers' problems, mm. and that's where I think the biggest limiting belief is. is it's about being so convinced in your mind that yes, my product or service can help your 
help you, Mr. Customer. How, how do you how do you build up that? Let's say you know, I could imagine if I understand their problem more intimately, um, and then also I get reassurance from prior successes and stuff like that. How how do you build the belief that you solve the problem? You develop a, a roadmap. Okay. All right. So, the roadmap the roadmap uh, roadmap for your business, Ryan, is as follows. This is where we start. This is where we, you know the next phase of that of that uh, uh, um, project is going. That's the uh, next phase, and this is the final phase. And by the time that you go through this whole process, this is where you should be. Hmm. Yeah, and if, yeah, okay, yeah. So, so, um, and and because I've done that successfully, you know, over the years, um, it's 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 just within me. I can I can deliver it quite quite easily. Yeah, because I um I remember you're kind enough <laughs> to to give a, a testimony, but one of the the feedback that you gave was a clear roadmap. So I, I'll, I'll do one on the weekend, and I'll make a clear roadmap so people know what the fuck's happening. Because yeah, it's it, interesting. It gives you confidence. Yes, it does. It absolutely does give you confidence because the more that you develop a, a roadmap for how you deliver your your service, because you're delivering a service mm. rather than a product. A product will be will, will be different. Uh, um, you know how to uh, get that going. You first got to know that this product is going to solve your problem, mm. and if your problem is lack of communication with other people, well, this is this is the perfect uh, uh, um, opportunity for you to solve that problem. But if I was trying to sell you even your computer. It won't be as effective as this because a voice is more effective than an email. Mm. If you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I get you. Do, yeah. do, how do you build a roadmap? You know what I mean? Like, what what would be a process you go to to help those clients? And so, so, so you think of your clients' challenges. Mm-hmm. What are their challenges, and how are you going to identify that it's the right challenge? Because every single time that, that somebody comes to me and says, oh, I've got a problem with, with my staff, all right? It's like, well, hang on, is that your real problem? Mm. And the only way that you can solve that is by actually going through an analysis format. So v- virtually every single one of my roadmaps always starts with analysis. I need to understand the deeper issues. And I can guarantee you 99% of the cases that I've worked with, it's not the employees. It's the communication system that doesn't work. And also the um, mindset of some business owners. Because a lot of them decide that they want to rather be a micromanager than a manager. <laughs> yeah, you got some story. Do you have any war stories on that? Like um, managers that needed a mirror? Well, <laughs> I remember one, you know, many, many years ago uh, um, that I actually fired uh, because of what they did. So, so as part of the process that I go through, I always do a staff um, uh, analysis or, or staff survey, sorry, with, with the staff. So I ask them a number of questions that, that the owner and I agree upon that they're going to ask. It's roughly 20 minutes, uh, sorry, 20 questions. And it takes on average half an hour to three quarters of an hour to get it, to get it done. But what it lends for me is um, the, the deeper insight because, you know, people obviously say things uh, because they know that I'm independent. So they say things to me and I've got to put it in a, in, in, in a way that doesn't offend the uh, um, <laughs> client immediately, but, but highlights the facts that, mm. that there are some, some issues within the business that they may not be aware of. Well, this this uh, client of mine, when we got to the final stage of this uh, st- staff survey, I gave him the um, 
the um, anonymous um, report, man, oh man, the words that were used for the staff that came out of his mouth was just, mm. how can you still even have a business when you're saying these, you know, this about your staff? As it turns out, you know, what's it, uh, um, while I was doing the interviews, a quarter of them, there were 16 in the group, a quarter of them had, had already said they were ready to leave. Hmm. When they found out that uh, um, I had left, they actually all left. So imagine losing a quarter of your staff within a very short period of time. Yeah. Because they all left more or less at the same time. It's crazy. I always wonder what leads to that. Like, I, I, I sort of see my inadequacies in a leader and um, things I do well and things I'm improving. And it's... But just to be so cold, like I know you get stressed and you lose touch and your degrees of separation and they're fucking up and you want to blame them for your inadequacies as a leader. Yeah, it, it, it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what leads to people being so inhumane in, a, in an organization, you know? <sighs> tough question. So, yes, it is a tough question and, and, and I can't answer that offhand because every person is different. Mm. So what I've learned is when I've shown business owners where some of their challenges lie, I don't tell them straight out that you're a micro. Oh, actually, I have on several <laughs> occasions. I have said, you know, you're actually a micromanager. You're not you're not really managing your, your, your business properly. I said, would you like to know how, how we sort that out? And it isn't until they realize, oh, hang on, maybe, I, maybe it is my fault. And, and, and they recognize that the, that the communication system that they have developed, you know, from you know, a, a business's infancy to where it is today, um, hasn't adjusted properly enough to make sure that everybody understands and you know, does things. So, you know, one of the areas that I um, often get involved with uh, in, in that process is actually having a, a role description. So what we do is we, we initially draw up a uh, structure of what the business should look like and try and fill it in with the current staff. And then we talk to the staff and see if we can get them reassigned to uh, various things. But then we make sure that they understand what their role is. Because every single person in a business has a role to fulfill to do one thing. Do you know what that is? No. What's to that? serve the core role of the business. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. Every single role has to serve to uh, make sure that the core role of the business is served. So as an example, if you're a marketing uh, person, your core role is to make sure that your customer gets the results that it is. And every single person that you appoint in your business has got to make sure that that happens. Even, even the accounting person who's got nothing to do with marketing of your, of your business has got to make sure that their support role, because they're in the support role, is helping everybody else. Mm. Yeah, okay. And these people here around the core role are the key people that are doing what is needed to make sure that it happens. How do you, how do you break up that business, you know? Like imagine there's repeatable processes to have roles. Is there like a a framework for that? Yeah, so um it depends on the business, of course. But yes, yes, it can be broken up. No mm. no issues. And and you know, as long as you've got a system around that to say this is where you start. This is where you go next. This is where you do uh, the, you know, the follow-up part. And this is where you get the final bits. If every one of that is clearly indicated and everybody agrees that that's the way it should be done, you don't need to manage people anymore. Mm. You just got to manage the system. Mm. 
And unfortunately, people fall into the natural trap of, Ryan, why are you so, so, so slacking? <laughs> and it's not about you, know, you necessarily slacking. You might not understand this bit of the process because you haven't been trained on it. Mm. Do you, like on on the system side of things because you know having a clearly defined job description and knowing what's expected of you and then being supported and encouraged for doing that or even being accountable to it that that seems helpful how do you how do you manage empowering people to have the innovation and creativity around what they do yeah so that comes back to part of the initial part of uh, um, the development phase so when I get involved and I've done the uh, staff survey, one of the next steps is to uh, um, set up a meeting, a joint meeting with all, everybody involved, including the business owner, and actually making sure that everybody's aligned with the vision. And then helping create the mission statement around that, but most importantly, also getting the um, uh, attitudes, uh, um, what is it called? Myers-Briggs stuff, like personality no, stuff? No, 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 no. The personality stuff comes later. I, but it's about aligning yourself with the uh, um, the way that you should be running the business. Core values? Values, there we go, core hey, values. Thank you, for, thank you, thank you, yeah. <laughs> I lost the val- I lost the value word for a, for, a, for a couple of seconds. <laughs> so yes, it's a, it's about the values, right? If if everybody's aligned with it, because when you've got them all in a room, and they're all agreeing to where this business is going to go, the following day or even later that, that that afternoon, if they're still around, the change in attitude is just phenomenal. I mean, I've got a client in, in, in Christchurch uh, who flew me down for exactly that uh, thing. He says it's just amazing how the um, attitude of the guys have, have suddenly changed and things are starting to, to, to work that they agreed on at that meeting. Mm. There's something powerful in that. We used to do that in um, sales training. So you, you, you got a new team. You would write, a, you'd write, what are your expectations of me as a leader? Oh, this 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 and be like okay if i delivered that was my expectations of you and they all write it and as long as i do that first part they usually do that second exactly part. okay exactly. same concept same 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 type of format yeah mm. how, how do you so you know you use that first example of that like stressed guy that or girl that was you know saying horrible things and you know some people might be conditioned in a way don't share your true feedback because you know you might get fired how do you create a space that encourages others to share? Yeah, so um, very often it's it's created because of the uh, owner of that business. They don't allow feedback because any negative feedback can be, oh, I'm being slighted here. You <laughs> yeah, know, you don't I, love I, me. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not being respected. And, and, and in 90% of the cases, that's not the case. The, the disrespect happens over a period of time when nothing happens. So, you know, if I come to you and say, Ryan, you know, you're my boss. Uh, Ryan, um, I've, you know, my, my computer just keeps cracking out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get it sorted for you. And you never do. And, and then you come to me and you say, Tibor, you know, I, I expected this report from you two days ago. What's going on? And I say, but Ryan, I've told you my computer is crapping out every two minutes. I've got to try and work in, in, in between here. And I've asked you on you know, numerous occasions and you kept promising. Mm. So, you know, here, here I am, I'm trying to do my best, but I'm not being allowed to because of whatever the circumstances. So, so you can think that, that my, you know, you keep promising you're going to buy me a new computer, but it doesn't happen. Um, and, and I'm having to struggle through some of the old technology stuff. 
the report eventually comes out, you know, but uh, uh, um, it, it might not be in the time frame that, that you expected it. And, mm. and now you're crapping on me and it's like, oh, you know, you promised me this stuff to, to, to get it happen. Um, there's a there's a self-firing process that I that I've uh, you know helped uh, um, develop with with uh, self-firing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so it's you know you 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 get basically four pages, and it's like if somebody's not performing, you call them in and say, hey, look, we need to talk about something something's going wrong, mm-hmm. and you know this is this is what I expect of you. Can we agree that this is w- th- what you can deliver? So that's on the first page. So if everybody has agreed that, that that can be delivered, then it's the second page. It's like, what do I have to do as the business owner to ensure that you can uh, do the, f- and then me as the worker will say, oh, well, I need this and this and this. and this. So, Mr. Worker, if I deliver this for you, you can deliver this within that time frame that we agreed upon. Yep. Okay. If you achieved it, what is it that, um, you know, you, you know we're, going to agree upon you know if i give you a couple of movie tickets just to go and uh, celebrate that that you've actually achieved uh, page one you're happy with that most people you know take movie tickets or a um you know voucher from 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 a supermarket or something like that as a as a you know small mm. gift that they've actually achieved it and so the you leave the last question is like what happens if all of the stuff that we've agreed upon isn't Thing uh, um, achieved, and I have given you everything. Mm. What What do you think needs to happen? Now, ninety percent of uh, uh, people will say, "Well, maybe I should look for another job," and that's the self hiring <laughs> process. Because <laughs> people need that; eh? they need that reassurance to let someone go. Yep. Good. And and actually, I've 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 had it implemented. I've only had one client that has come back to me where where the guy um, turned around and said, "Oh, maybe I need more training." It's like, no, you don't need more training. Mm. You've been given everything to do this. It's quite confronting eh, when you, like, I, I don't, people don't tend to like being called out, but then they've agreed to it and it's just data. So you're not saying, you piece of shit, you haven't done it. You're just saying, well, this is what we agreed, you didn't do it. Yeah. And last time you said you'd quit, so what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I guess and I guess the whole balance, the only reason that might not work is if a leader, you're not pulling your weight. Correct. If you're not enabling that person to actually achieve what they what they should be achieving, mm. then then it still rests with you as the as the leader of the organization or of that group. So it almost becomes just as important to measure what they've done and what you've done. So Absolutely. then it's not about the person. No. Okay, I get you. So how do you how do you measure your leadership in a way? You know what I mean? Like, so is it like? Well, you know, you agree upon things. So if, if during the agreement is, hey, I, you know, I'm going to need a new cell phone and I need a new computer and I need um, some training in this specific area, and you as the leader don't do any of that, well, then obviously your your leadership, leadership sucks. Self-fire the leader. Yeah, <laughs> self-fire the leader. Absolutely right. And I mean, I've identified um, some, some leaders within, or, you know, managers within businesses who never understood the concept. Mm. They've always said, you know, you do it, and, and it's like, oh, hang on, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, fuck it. There's no way to hide, eh? That's that's what I love and hate about it. I love that I'm the only one responsible in a sense, you know, like they're responsible for the actions and agreement they made. That's on them. But like, I can't blame anyone because it's just me yeah. and you know the one employee. Yeah. So. But I mean, I've 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 worked with 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 uh, clients over over the years where um, you know usually we we, we meet up fortnightly. And over the fortnight, 
you know, you as the client have got to go away and you've got to do some some basic stuff on your business. And it's like, you know, on the odd occasion, they come back and they say, oh, I haven't done anything. That's okay. You know, what's it? people get busy. And I said, you know, but can you please tell me what actually prevented you from doing it? And it's using the word prevented that triggers a lot more than just creating an excuse. Mm, why didn't you do it? Yeah, what exactly. prevented you? So, yeah. so rather than saying, why didn't you do it? It's like, what prevented you from doing it? Because then, then they have to really think about it. Mm. And it's about, you know, actually, I, I just didn't want to do it. And then you've got to go back deeper and you've got to ask the deeper questions. So, so tell me, what is, what is the issue around your agreement that you were going to do this over the last two weeks? And then, you, then you know, um, I've had some of them come back and I say, well, I'm not about 100% sure that, you know, we are going down the right route in this. I said, fantastic. Let's talk about it. Tell me where your, where your, where your thoughts are. Mm. And, then, and then you get sort of like delving into, you know, maybe altering what they should have done. Or it's about convince or not convincing. Sorry, I don't convince anybody. It's about getting them to uh, um, consider whether their thinking around that is still correct. Mm. Yeah, you're, you're very you're very conscious of language. Yes, you have to be. Yeah, and I think um, I think that would be quite a, quite a useful platform for leaders, like you know, a structure. But they still might struggle in terms of digging deeper do you have a like i know there's like you know ask why 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 yeah 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 is that yeah, sort so, of it so, or? so that that would be one one way mm. but it's more understanding their thinking because don't don't forget we, we all grew up in in different environments throughout our life and you know some of them resonate from from young childhood and you've got to get them to to talk about it so that you can actually either address it or just accept that it's part of them and, and the way it is. So you've got to find a different route, hmm. how to still get the, the end result. So, yeah, the goal isn't to find out why they didn't do it. It's to understand why they think the way that they do. Correct. That led to them not doing it. Yes. Which makes it less personal about, hey, Absolutely right. Shit. Absolutely right. <laughs> Interesting. I'm just checking that, uh, that sometimes this camera goes for 30 and then i got to push a button oh, again. Okay. Um, w- what about, you know, w- what leads to... A, a person wanting to be able to do this because you seem quite even you meditate you're into your sports and stuff and i imagine you'd be pretty good under pressure well you you have been really well i have been. <laughs> i've seen <laughs> yeah so what um what has led to you caring so much or wanting this as a life you know good question um i think it just it, it, it's it's come from i guess from from being a young young man already um when I was in my sporting uh, um, years, I stepped into a coaching role almost immediately. So you know, I was a reasonably good player, but I, I, I felt that I could add a lot more to my sport by, by, by coaching as well. Mm. And um, it developed during those years. I mean, when I was still back in South Africa, um, I won 13 years in a row um, as a junior coach. So in other words, my, my province went to um, the um, national sporting, um, what do you call it, championships, mm. uh, uh, provincial championships. And for 13 years in a row, I, I was the leading coach that got, got the team uh, winning. Mm. Um, I think the total number that I got out of that was probably around about 20, but I had 13 in a row. And it is only because um, deep inside me, I've always felt wanting to help other people. 
and that just went straight into um, when I started my career as a as, as an accountant initially. It wasn't always just to do the numbers and to do the taxes. When I was sitting in front of my clients, when I eventually got to that level where um, the partners at the time um, thought that I was good enough to talk to uh, customers, I always wanted to understand more about them. What, 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 what made them tick? The eggs are ready. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is my boss calling. Oh yeah, okay, it is. Oh no, you're in trouble. And, and I'm going to be in trouble anyway because I turned it down. Oh yeah, it's on you, not me. Don't listen to me about relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. advice. Jesus. Um, anyway, but uh, yeah, so so um, I guess it was just something that's 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 inside me. Even when I was an accountant, I was doing more than than the average accountant. And when I came to this country, uh, well, actually, um, uh, I was promoted. I was asked to, to join the partnership of, of the accounting company that I that I served my articles under. And um, within one year, they made me the general manager. And it took um, almost eight, eight months, uh, sorry, eight years before I moved to New Zealand from becoming the manager. But I grew the, the business from nine um, uh, people to 20 people by the time that I'd left. And it was because of different things that I was thinking about on, on, on how to deliver stuff for our clients. And uh, the natural thing was because our clients were um, very happy with the service that was changing, uh, they were talking to their mates and we got them on board as, as clients as well, to the chagrin of the um, other accounting firms around. But anyway, it, it was good for me. And when I landed here, I landed up with a couple of um, older type uh, um, accountants initially who were just the old basic number text type guys didn't last with them too long and then i ended up in another ch uh, chartered accountancy company where the owner of their business saw the opportunity th through me and let me loose on on a number of his clients and they loved the uh, um the change in the in the format because i was a lot more consultative mm. and um, yeah he unfortunately passed away and so that gave me the opportunity to start my own business Gee. and i morphed from accounting work into um, business consulting and business advisory services as well as business coaching over the, all of those years from 2002 onwards. Yeah, he stuck it out. There's a lot of shit that happened in between 2002 and now, brother. That's a long-ass time. Wow. Yeah. Do, you, you highlighted something there about caring about others and helping. I find often the heroes are the ones that people need to you know, look out for too. How, how do you navigate self-love and care for others? Can you define what, or you know, just explain yeah, what yeah. you what you're really asking? I'm basically asking, you invest so much of your time in caring and helping others, and sometimes because you're always putting their needs before yours, then people burn out and yeah. they get overwhelmed. So how do you balance between caring for yourself and caring for others? Thank you for clarifying. Yes. <laughs> right. So um, yeah, um, I I play sport, um, so that's that's one avenue. Um, Underwater hockey is a very interesting game, yes, uh, and 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 uh, you know if you think about the puck and the and the stick, you just take it out on the puck. You know if you've got <laughs> any stresses on the day, you just nail the puck. Um, I don't play that that often anymore, so I, I either go for walks and or um, um, I've um, come come to like a certain game which uh, just takes everything away from me, and you know occasionally just sit in front of the um, uh, television on on the Xbox and playing that. Oh yeah, like a video game. Yeah, video game. What's, what? What are you? What are you into? You're mm. not me to video gamers like yourself, but oh well, you know, I'm 
You could be an EA sports guy or whatever, no, 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 making no, millions no, a year. No, 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 I don't. <laughs> I don't spend the the um, time on all of that. But no, I I play a game called Diablo. Diablo. What's interesting about Diablo to you? I don't. I mean, this is so. A business, so but I, I guess it's uh, partly uh, um, you know the, the the theory you you killing demons, killing demons. Yes. So huh. and that's. Do you project anyone onto it? Politicians, <laughs> yeah, mainly politicians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm just playing yeah, against yeah, 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 yeah. Well, how did like we were like we'll move off this topic, but people are interested in you more than they are in business. I find, mm. like even like I'm obsessive with learning, but I only learn one percent of the time. Ninety nine percent, I'm getting entertained. Yeah. So, when did you pick up video game? Was there ever one when oh, you were younger? The, Diablo has, I guess, been been part of my life for the last. Well, when it when it even started, I think the first Diablo was the one that I that I played all those years ago, which is probably twenty odd years ago now. Jesus, yeah, but I mean, I don't play it. Now you've got a problem. We need to talk about it. You're playing too much. Get outside. <laughs> oh, I, I get outside enough. To, don't don't get me wrong. Um, no, this is this is played mainly at night. Um, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. So like it from maybe seven o'clock if or eight o'clock until maybe ten o'clock at night and. Fuck, eh? Two yeah. hours a day? Yeah, no, in? no, not every day. Not okay. every day. Okay. Well, well, let me let me rephrase it. It, it probably has been over the last um, two weeks because they've brought out Diablo 4. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just, just, just understanding that, that, that game, but it'll, it'll fall back to the normal pattern again. If in an alternative universe you're able to earn $2 million a year playing Diablo full-time, would you do it as your career? I don't know. I think I might get bored. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. No, no, it's yeah. Uh, to to me, it's just a d- distraction, just just to break away. And you know, like I said in the old days, it was playing a a, um, a puck and hitting it as hard as you can, and uh, you know, getting getting rid of the frustrations that way. This time, it's killing demons. Do you think, like, and just continue on a little bit more? Is you know how people say you know it's it's ruining our children and they're, they're just becoming more aggressive and they're using guns and you should ban video games. What do you say? Yes and no. <laughs> so um, don't know. We what's it? My my at, at home we have that problem right now. Um, you know my my son likes to be online and you know play games and and whatever else rather than doing anything else. Uh, but he is. How can I put it? We we have spoken to him and we've given him the opportunity. So he's now playing basketball as a as an alternative sport. Oh yeah. Um, but you know his his natural default will be to go straight to a video game if he gets the opportunity, mm. and that's the eternal issue at at home at the moment. I never had that because we never grew up with it. Mm. You know what's it? I was on on the sports field every afternoon and or um, you know in the neighbourhood um, destroying light bulbs. <laughs> destroying light bulbs. Oh, when I was a young kid, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you were a rebel, were oh, you? Oh no, it was just naughty. <laughs> naughty, jeez. What are you doing, the light bulb? It's like oh no no, with a uh, um, BB gun. These no no, it was actually water guns. So if if you don't know, I'm, I'm that old uh, that, <laughs> that, that that the street lights just had neon lights in them. All you just do is you just spray up with a, um, a water pistol and they just blow. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you go back to that place. What a oh. beautiful moment to be alive. That's what kids need more of, blowing up light bulbs. Yeah, exactly. exactly. What, do you, what do you think? Like, on- I don't know. It's, there was something else. These uh, um, water... water um, uh, the, uh, the, 
big big water pipes that they got under the under the ground uh, um you know for 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 carrying off the um rain waters as such oh yeah, yeah. i was skinny enough to use to climb down into them and what we do is we we take uh, newspapers light them up um in those tunnels and then climb out again and then just sit back and watch and you just see smoke coming out of all of these grates and grills and everything all down the road <laughs> so it's always fun <laughs> wow could water have rushed in there or no i guess is it just drained? Uh, no, it's just uh, it's just like drainage. flash flood and no, then kids no dead. i mean you know it's a diff- if you knew it was going to rain you don't get in there. <laughs> oh, at least you can hold your breath for a while and, and you know being being in in south africa it was mostly dry that it's just in the in the um late summer afternoons you wouldn't get in there because that's when it drained would it be like you know James Bond, where they got snakes just all piled up inside, and you don't want to? No, Indiana no, Jones? not really. No, no I, I've never come across them there. Okay, random. We learn a lot about you. <laughs> yeah, is... yeah. I was a bit of a rebel when I was younger. Yeah, you can always tell in the eyes. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're actually we've done. Um, believe it or not, um, forty-five minutes of wow. the podcast. Wow, it's happened again. So. I think there's something interesting in the fatherhood component. I don't think, you know, you might have a unique way of approaching things, but you also have a consultative way in business. How do you how do you navigate a child needing to build the characteristics, so suffer in some way to build the character that can be resilient, patient, have integrity, and caring for them? Yeah, so... I've got a slightly different way to, oh, my, yeah, to, my, to, my, to my wife, and um, <laughs> yeah. hopefully she'll never see this podcast. <laughs> yeah, nautical and talk shit about it. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Um, so so my, my wife likes to go the direct route and, you know, shouting and screaming and whatever. I would rather sit with them and just talk to them and, and find out, you know, the key issues that they are struggling with. And, um, you know, the, the question would obviously be, so why are you reverting to this? And, and, you know, generally the answer is, but I've done everything that, that mom asked me to do. So, uh, I don't know, so naturally it is, you know, to go to their, their default position, which would be um, the uh, games or whatever it is. I said, well, you know, the, the perception is, you know, he's still getting reasonably good grades at school, so I'm not you know, overly worried about his academic uh, pr- progress. So I just said to him, it's the perception issue. How can we solve that, you know? And so he said, well, maybe, um, maybe I need a bit more game time, game time with uh, basketball. So you know, um, we sat down and, and he's now playing three nights or four nights a week um, rather than just the one that he used to play. Uh, so you know, even mum is now starting to accept that you know, things are, he's not as focused on that all the time um, as, he, as he was. Uh, during school holidays, it's all, always a little bit more challenging. And, mm. you know, uh, but... But her her ethos is you know if you're not if you're not working you're not you know you're not doing anything. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like at the moment it's a career. Yeah, it's hard to be talented, but it's kind of like the NBA in a different version. It's yeah. virtual, yeah. so it's not a complete waste of time. But it also you don't learn the social skills. You're you're getting dopamine. You get an artificial view of the world. Hmm. What do you actually think? What do you think we'll evolve into? Like people talked about. Um, you're wearing these streamers and they're hunched over like this and they're always looking at their phone and they're pasty white and they've got a big belly. Do you, do you think there's going to be a long-term consequence? Of- oh, w- without a doubt. I mean, the, the mere fact that you're holding your phone and you're looking down at it so, so often, a lot of people are starting to pick up problems with their necks and uh, um, um, other issues. 
um, you know, associated with that. It goes down to your shoulders, it goes down to your lower back and uh, mm. a, a whole lot of areas. So yes, uh, um, there, there will be long-term issues. I mean, I keep reminding my, my kids, you know, when, you, when you're when you looking at your phone, hold it a, bit, a little bit higher rather than down here mm. um, because uh, you you got to keep your posture. And my, and my son is very good at that. My daughter not as good. Yeah, no, I'm awful at it. I look at it. I look at the horrific change in my body over the last few years where I'm just going like this, fucking hunched over. It's real. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I've learning in podcasts to abruptly end it to improve retention. Mm. Um, so thanks for coming on. No. My pleasure. <laughs> I mean, it's always interesting having chats with you because, uh, you know, you ask very, very uh, um, good questions. And, um, yeah, happy to answer as much as I can. Cool. Thanks, mate. Done.